get on Facebook. Bridget just said who goes home on Bake Off, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, the British uh, account posts every Tuesday night who it is, so last night I saw, and I was like, You need to unfollow oh, that. No. Because that's just not but fun they post, for you. They post so many memes, it's so funny. And that's how I know, like, all the specials and everything, because Netflix doesn't post enough of it. So I had to follow the official account, and that, so I see spoilers on Tuesday nights, and in America, we don't get it till Friday. And I'm like, why can't we have a simulcast? Why can't we get ours on Friday? I mean, Tuesdays also. Well, I knew that it was going to be Lizzie, because if you were upset about it, Lizzie just seemed like your kind of person. So I just I knew that that was who it was immediately. But it was so sad. She did good. Especially she, she with her last with cake. Her last cake was so good, and it was for the all neurodivergent people, and I was like, I'm one of those people. I could cry right now. Blink. <laughs> blink. Don't cry. I loved Don't Lizzie. cry. This already oh, happened. Gosh, we're off of Lizzie, and we're on to... I can't say it, because my husband's right here. But we're can't on to say the next. Spoilers. Spoilers redacted. Who we're next sad about for leaving Great British Bake Off. Yeah, this is an anime <laughs> podcast, but we double it as a baking podcast. We love Bake Off. You don't understand. Specifically bake. British baking. I can bake. It's not as pretty yes. as what they do on that show. It'll taste good, though. It just doesn't look like theirs. I can make pie. That's pretty much all I'm good at is pie, which is a good thing to be oh, good at. Pie is good. Like, yeah. I, I'm not mad. Yeah. My like, pie if, crust if I gotta is choose one burnt. thing to bake well. Dude, I make I, my own pie crust. Ooh. So good. It's family recipe. I always accidentally burn it. You know, you're supposed to put, like, the foil around the edges, and I just never do it right. And the only time I've tried to do, like, fancy crust on it, like, you can't even tell what I've, like, cut it out to be. And I'm like, all right. I've just started <sighs> baking it before I put the filling in, which has made all of the difference. Because I always hit a soggy bottom. I'm going to sneeze. I'm so sorry. No, I'm, not. I'm just kidding. It'll come back around. <laughs> It'll come back around. Jesus Christ, my eyes are like watering. It's really from the fighting that you. I have to sneeze. <laughs> that sneeze was like, we're not going down without a fight. <laughs> no, it won't. It really wants to stay inside my body. My God. Ah, dear Lord. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. It, it'll come back around. It won't give me I'm much. I'm just gonna give you. A, I'm gonna time. give you a pre-blessing because that that this sneeze looks like it's really doing a doozy it's gonna hurt really bad <laughs> i feel it i'm not excited about it pre-blessing <sighs> for that sneeze bless you lauren thank you father and, for a and, and and puppy i think that's Rudy. all Is the it puppies it's Hootie. yeah yeah it's Hootie. <laughs> Their barks are very yes. different. I've just started to notice because now I can tell who's barking when. Steve's are much more like aggressive, but they're way more high pitched. I can tell Peggy like, and Pepper's bark. meows. Yeah, Pepper's meows are normally just siren calls of meow, 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 like that. And Peggy will just mm -hmm. kind of like do the and then if she meows. Normally, it's only if she's, like, crying because she thinks you've left the house or something, and so she's in a back room, and you just hear, like, faint, 
<laughs> and then you're like, Peggy, nobody's left. We're still here. <laughs> and so I can tell there. And Pepper's definitely got a deeper meow than Peggy, sweet little thing. Pepper is literally oh, a siren. Oh, hey, I I'm Lauren, oh. and this is Bridget, and we're obsessed with our pets. Oh, my bad. Oh, hi. Yeah, sorry. That's us. Uh, this, um, this technically is an anime. This podcast, is our anime podcast. Welcome but, to the banter. <laughs> but we're talking about Bake Off and pets, so casual. We we haven't talked all week, yeah. which is really strange for us. So you're gonna have to deal with us catching up real quick. Exactly. Yeah. This, this week is busy what it is yeah busy <laughs> it's been so, really busy i've pulled two 12 hour days in a still row finding so. time to watch your favorite shows huh? i watched them last night huh? last night technically into this morning i texted lord hey, as soon I as i finished yeah i uh i watched the last two last night around like seven o'clock so you're good i watched the first two the day after we recorded the last podcast. Oh. <laughs> so I had good intentions. I wanted to and watch it. And then I watched the last two yesterday. I wanted to watch it, like, immediately after we finished, but then I was so tired, and then I was busy all weekend. My brother is goes to A&M, so he got his Aggie ring this weekend, so it was a big deal. So I was at College Station for four days, and then work's just been crazy. Like I said, I pulled two 12-hour days in a row, so I was just like, I need to drive up to Austin at some point to deliver elf hats around, and it's been, it's been a week. Yeah, it's been, sorry. It's one been week. one week. <laughs> I had the same thought, you're fine. <laughs> I should probably learn the rest of that song. No, you don't need <laughs> to. Cock, cock my head to the side, <laughs> so I'm Chinese, sorry. Chinese, that's all Chinese, you need. No? <laughs> yeah, we got like random lines here and there, and that's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> it that always makes me think of so like my favorite tv show probably ever is how i met your mother i've watched <laughs> it ten thousand times like when i'm having a bad week i just start watching how i met your mother again and there's this one episode where like i think it's in like season five or six where ted meets the slutty pumpkin who he's like wanted to meet forever and they just yeah. have like no sexual chemistry at all like it's supposed to be this big moment and that song starts playing and she's just like hey ted this is going to be our song. And she starts singing it to him, but she's being sarcastic. But you're in, like, Ted point of view, so you don't know she's being sarcastic. And you're just like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> what is wrong with her? And that's all I'm thinking of right now. I, the slutty pumpkin. I keep Thank thinking, you, Mom, your mother, for all these memories. <laughs> I keep thinking of one of the last few episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Nandor doesn't want to be a vampire anymore, so he goes to, like, this cult group where they're like rip out their fangs oh, no. every night and try and be human and he's like yeah i'm a human now i mean i could sing this whole song and so it's just like him in the car like it's been one week since you looked at me <laughs> he's like what's more human than that <laughs> oh no <laughs> they like do jazz size nothing so at all funny. uh it was it's like a perfect 90s early <sighs> 2000s i'm human <laughs> Uh, so that's what I keep thinking of when I hear it now. When, Beautiful I need to show. watch that. I, oh, it's so I good. I don't think I ever finished season two, though, so I need to, like, I think it's all on Hulu, catch but up. it is so good. Like, it is. It is probably one of my favorite. It's so well written. 
There's so many good jokes in there, like in the first season when they have vampires from like every movie and TV show in there. And they're all mad at Blade because they're like, he's only half. He doesn't count. And they have him like zoom in on the vampire council call. And he's got this lot, like two minute delay and they're all yelling at him. It's great. Tilda Swinton's in it. I just remembered the that. Movie. I have The Bachelorette to watch today. Oh, I too. Incredibly excited. So much drama. What was what happened last Are, week? Did you watch last week's episode? I did, but I'm trying to remember um, what happened. They went on that group date, and no one talks oh, to yeah. her, and so she the got boys, all kissy. The boys had their own date with themselves, and it made me laugh so hard. They were just so hyped for a sleepover. <laughs> I, to be honest, I loved it. I was like, how sweet is this? this is that's hilarious. how I felt. I was she like, just she, shows her little fit. she should have just sat I would be back. Mad. I would be mad, too. Yeah, but I was like, you should have just taken a step back and just watched and been like, you can tell their personality the best when they're with their bros and so if they're not realizing she's like around just watch all their personalities and you're gonna get like the true side of them when they're hanging out with their bros true so i true i get i get why she was upset i would have been too in the moment but also it made me laugh so hard that the boys were just so dang hyped for their sleepover and teddy bear fight I feel like there was another big dramatic thing, but I can't remember what it is. There was. It was that <laughs> so guy. It wasn't that good. It was that guy that wasn't on the group date that was like, we didn't pay enough attention to you, and I'm sorry that there are men here that aren't here for the right reasons. And all the guys were like, you weren't even on the group date. You didn't even have that oh, conversation yeah. with her. Remember? Because I don't oh, think we yeah. saw a rose And ceremony. that one guy, the one guy with the eyelashes, I can't remember his name. But you know who I'm talking about. He, like, it looks like he's wearing eyeliner. He had a one-on-one -on -one last week. He was so creepy, dude. He was like, I'm falling in love with you. I don't care. It's just like week three. I'm like, bro, calm down. I just calm like that, down. that one guy that's got like the neck tattoos and the earring. And he was like, F the viewers. And I was like, yeah. I like him too. Because he called that dude out so hard. I liked like, him too. What about the viewers? And he's like, man, nobody cares about that. That's not why we're here. And so he yelled that. I was like, get it. I love him. That's right. He's, he's real. That's right. He's real. And Got he's very right. pretty. Very pretty, he's man. He's the realist. Yes. Agreed. 10,000%. Very pretty, man. Oh, my gosh. Him so and caught Ol you up on this week Olu. in reality TV. <laughs> You're welcome. Reality TV. Oh, I love Ulu. Swolu, they kept calling him that. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to I our, mean he is. He is. Our reality TV and the reality of our life with pets corner. Uh, so, so uh, now that we've gotten through that, I guess we should talk about the anime we're watching. Huh? Maybe, just maybe we should talk if about If you're just tuning in. If you're just tuning in, we're watching Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. We're already halfway through, so if you're not caught up, please stop listening right now. Go we're, watch the show. We're actually halfway back. through now. Yeah. <laughs> actually halfway through. We've okay. watched episodes 33 through 36 today. Yep. Or yesterday, if you will. Or this morning, technically. And yeah, you know, whatever. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. And that's Whatever. where we are. We're starting at 33. So if you haven't watched up to episode 33, 
Stop listening. Stop. Go watch it. Spoilers. Come back. Yeah. Spoilers. Because we're, we're going up to 36 today, and I care about you and your watching experience. So she's, shut up. She's pointing a finger for all those listeners who can't see it. She's serious. I pulled my mom's finger. I only use this at work when people make me angry. You don't so want to see go. her angry. Or when I need to tap Hootie on the nose for yelling at people. Oh, Hootie. Hootie booty. Hootie is my dog, not a person. <laughs> anyway. That was that was my pet voice. So Shall we? Didn't know. Shall we? Let's go. So episode 33, The Northern Wall of Briggs. Lauren, here you is your Netflix, Netflix summary. Here we go. Oh, I, I do. I do. I there's a, a little there's off a, There is a little delay. <laughs> and so it's like, I'll say something and then wait, and then you'll reply, and I'm like, oh. So apologies. We internet. Yeah, that's okay. It's cute. Internet. <laughs> we internet hard. We internet hard. <laughs> All right. Uh, your Netflix summary. The frigid northern borderlands become a battlefield when Kimberly finally closes in on Scar. Deeper into the frozen wasteland, Ed and Al's fight ah, is against the bitter elements as they struggle to reach Fort Briggs. That's not bad. Not what? bad. Way oh. to go, Netflix. Doesn't spoil hmm. anything, and is a good summary for the next four episodes. Um, alright. Honestly, yeah. Uh, do you have voice actors? We do meet a um, new people. I sure do. So, in this episode, we have three new characters. One of them isn't super new, but I forgot to do him, and that that's Winry's boss, uh, Garfield. Garfield. Quirky he, dude. he made me laugh so hard at the beginning of this, and I was like, why didn't I do his voice actor? I feel so bad about it. But hilariously, he's a very familiar voice actor in Japanese. And in, in the English voice actor, his name is uh, Auntie Marie Robinson, and he's just been in a bunch of weird stuff. Like, I literally just wrote down a bunch of weird stuff, because I didn't know <laughs> anyone that he had done. And the Japanese voice actor is actually Kenta uh, Miyaki, who is already in the show. He plays Scar. Oh. And, of course, Toshinori Yagi and Mohamed Adval from uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. So, that's him. We already know him, so I don't feel that bad for forgetting him now. Wait, um, did you say Toshinori Yagi? Like, as in All Might? Yeah, Scar is the voice of All Might, the Japanese. In one. the Japanese, okay. I, I was like, I told wait. you this. Yeah, yeah. It's been a week. No, no, no. no. It's been. All right, it's been. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's that's the title of the episode. Sorry. It's been. Um, yeah, it's been. Then we have uh, Captain Buccaneer from Fort Briggs. Uh, his English voice actor is Phil Parsons. Uh, he plays Nappa in Dragon Ball Z. Kenny Ackerman in Attack on Titan. Okay. Uh, okay. Rinji Yomo in Tokyo Ghoul. And Leonard Burns in Fire Force. I like I like Buccaneer, uh, and I really Jack liked Kenny in Attack on Titan. I do, so. too. I do, too. Wait, Kenny, I I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking worried, Connie. Though. I'm thinking Connie. Who's Kenny? I was about to say, Kenny, is, Kenny Ackerman, he's the gun guy that taught Levi... All the oh, things. He, he took uh, I recognize the voice. Now. Okay, Kitty, not really, but I mean, 
Connie was who I was thinking of. I love Connie. I was surprised. We like Connie. I like Connie's <laughs> sweet, sweet She's Japanese voice actor. Gosh, I hate myself for not writing this out phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Ryuzua Buro. Otomo. Otomo. That yes. is one that you need that's to write phonetically. Name. Wow, uh, that's a long name. <laughs> I know, I really hate myself. That was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and he was <laughs> he was Black Doom in Shadow the Hedgehog and Crocodile in One Piece. So I don't know who either of those are, but those are his two top builds. Shadow the Hedgehog. So like, is, okay. that, is that the red and black hedgehog yeah. from Sonic? I think so. I know he's from Sonic, but I don't know which character in Sonic he is. The only other hedgehog I I was not a of- Sonic kid. Uh, yeah, the only other hedgehog I could think of is the one that has, is, like, red and black. Because then you've got Tails, who's now going to be Idris Elba. Super hyped for that. Uh, Should we yeah. Google it? Yeah. Yeah. Shadow Should we hedgehog. Google it? Should we Google it? Let's Let's look and see who he is. Images, he is the red and black please. one. You are correct. Black okay. one. You are yeah, correct. I haven't watched that since like yeah, a that's, child. That's Very young. I used to eat SpaghettiOs and watch Sonic. So I respect the rings. M- reminded me of SpaghettiOs. Anyway, <laughs> weird memories for me. <laughs> oh, Rugrats! I just watched a documentary called The Orange Years on Hulu, and it's all about start the that. building of Nickelodeon. It's so good. You would love it, Lauren. It is so good. It's so interesting. And it's oh, just crap. nostalgia lane. I have so one good. more. The most important one that I will anyway. not forget <laughs> is uh, uh, General uh, Olivier yeah. Marie- Mara Armstrong. Yeah, I was like... Um, and her English voice actor... Mira. Mira, Mira. thank Mira. you. I was like, Mira, Mara? Um, her English voice actor is Stephanie Young, and she played Nico Robin in One Piece, Toa in Dragon Ball Z, and Nana Shumaru, or Shumara in My Hero Academia. I know, <gasps> I know. She also played, uh... Oh, Torte... Tor... Tarut Cavan... In Attack on Titan, who ironically is uh, Kenny Ackerman's main squeeze, who dies in the cave. <laughs> so they go together like fine wine. How sweet! <laughs> all right, all and right. Then her okay. Japanese voice actor <laughs> is Yoko Somi, and she played Lyserg in uh, Shaman King twenty twenty one. Who's who's one of the main kids? And then Zoran Blitz in Helsing Ultimate. And she played Mishka in Eureka 7. She was like this weird doctor lady who I really loved. And uh, so yeah, that's those are our voice actors for this episode. Huzzah. I really love that she played Nana. Because Nana, man, that's two strong ladies right there. I know. Two strong ladies that I love. It's so good. Uh, so good. This is great. Alright, here we go. Um, we get a little voiceover catch-up in the beginning of this episode, which is nice, because after this week, I felt like I needed that. (laughs) Uh, I was watching these last night, so I was like, oh, thank you for this recap. Um, 
And then it looks like they're still looking for Scar and company. Kimberly's hunting them down from the trains, trying to figure out where they've gone, where they've last seen them. Uh, Scar keeps trying to throw them off their scent by appearing in certain places, but actually going other ways. Um, they look at all these old rock slides that have closed roads, but Kimberly notices the water's flow has been altered, uh, then picks up a stone and you can see that uh, there's transmutation Which, marks on the rocks. And so they I know Scar's been there and they catch on a Transmutation trail. marks. Yeah, neither did I until I was like, I guess that is that is what it looks like when they're transmuting. So I guess that does make sense that, you know, the rocks do get marked if they it's get also transmuted. The, but the yeah, it's like, okay, nice piece of info. come up on the, the homunculus's skin whenever they're putting themselves back together. So I was like, ah, I see. You're right. So it's, 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 it's some kind of transmutation spell, which that could come into play later in episode three and four when we get really deep into homunculi <laughs> alchemy of the city. Wait. Um, <laughs> my next note is, aw, Ed has a fuzzy winter alchemy jacket. It's the exact same red jacket, but with the fuzzy lighting. <laughs> and I was like, him. <laughs> Um, so cute. Ed, like, the <laughs> stairs are frozen up in the north, and he just immediately falls down it, and I laugh, because Al's like, Ed, you're so un uncoordinated. Uh, and Ed and Al are just so excited to see snow, and they remember their childhood memories, and it's a really funny flashback, because Ed transmutes a snowman, and it's got the little skull, skull buttons. buttons, and I was Bro. like, again, with the skulls. Sheesh, he's such a boy. It's just like the little railing that he made for that lady with the skulls. I was like, oh, that's I cute. wrote that down too. Um, I was like, here comes Emo Ed between. with his stupid fur-lined jacket <laughs> skulls. I know. Snowman. So metal, man. <gasps> yeah, like, oh my gosh. And poor Al's just like, what are you doing? Uh, I wrote sweet baby Al because he, he just yells at Ed, careful, you're going to fall again. And I was like, about Ed so He's much. the real big brother um, here. So Kimberly thinks he's tracked down Scar. He is. We just talked about that because I'm reading the manga and I'm only on like chapter like four. But in chapter three is this whole adventure in a coal mining town and uh, Ed, Ed's like doing something illegal and tells Al not to look and Al yells, aren't you supposed to be my role model? But in the background it's like going crazy and transmuting things and it's just sweet. Ed's Ed, Ed, Ed's the older brother, but Al's really the older mm -hmm. brother, mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And he knows that after what he told Mei Chang. He, he's aware he has the yeah. responsibility in this group. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Kimberly thinks he's tracked down Scar, tells the military police to back off so he can handle him alone. Probably not great. Probably not great. Kimberly just wants an excuse to kill. Uh, and then... I kind of laugh because it's like dueling trains. <laughs> Kimberly gets another train to race up on the train that he thinks Scar's on. And um, I said, he's jumping on the Scar's train in the most ridiculous outfit. He's still dressed like Michael Jackson. And I was like, all right, here we go. Scar versus Kimberly. And it was the most letdown of a fight. <laughs> like, So Scar's little henchman... When I made this note randomly and like when they're fighting and trying to hide. Scar's little henchman reminds me of the Emperor's secretary from Mulan. Yes. Like voice and mustache and all. So much. <laughs> I agree. And then, uh, oh. <laughs> right? Like when he started doing things, he was like, I don't want to be near this. I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly who he reminds me of. So funny. Um, so I laughed and was like, 
Kimberly is still holding on to that dang hat for dear life during this fight and jumping around. He's still standing like this with his, like, Michael Jackson pose hand on his head, like, holding the hat down. And right as I wrote that note, he let go and it flew off. And I was like, oh, there it goes. <laughs> Never mind. He just needed it to go but, at the like, right time he's for just dramatic all about. He he wanted the moment. Yeah, I was gonna say he's all about showmanship. Yeah, he's it's all a projection for him. Um, but Scar throws Kimberly when he's like having this internal monologue and thinking, and Scar's like, "Nah, dog," and just pushes him. Doesn't even like use alchemy; just shoves him, and he gets impaled on the train by this like broken pole, and is just like hanging there. So Kimberly like blasts the train away, and Scar is left behind, and they get away. Um. Because Kimberly's like, obviously, Scar's got the upper hand, and I underestimated him. And I, oh, I did the Olaf quote. Oh, look, I've been impaled. <laughs> because he's just hanging on the end of this train oh, yeah. with, like, a metal pole sticking through him. And so the people get off the train, and they're like, sir, sir, are you okay? And he's like, who told you you could stop the train? Because he's, like, genuinely terrified Scar's going to get him. And I was like, okay, I like seeing this. Because Kimberly, I would got be too, too if I had been uh, impaled. stones. I'd be like, hey, oh, don't look, let him I've catch up impaled. to me. He impaled me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but actually, so, like, I have a fun guys, fact like... for that. I have a oh, fun okay. fact for this, which you will like because you found it lame. So, as we learned in the last episode, all of, like, Kimberly and Scar's cat and mouse, like, behind-the-scenes stuff isn't there. They added that into the anime just because I think they just wanted you to know Kimberly better as a character before he just shows up and starts yeah. wrecking the world. But in the manga, the fight is actually huge. Like it's so big that whenever he detaches the train cars at the end, they go careening off the track and explode. And you don't know that oh. Scar and his little boy, and uh, I think his name is Yoki. You don't know that Scar and Yoki are alive until the end of the chapter when they're, digging themselves out of the wreckage of the train. Okay, so, I don't know why they that did coal that. mining that coal mining manga thing that I was telling you about with the corrupt military police, it was Yoki. You said the Ooh. name and I was like, oh that's the name in chapter three. So Yoki's the one that wow. was all corrupt and was the Ed tricked making gold and stuff. Um okay, okay. Look, look at this character connections here. Uh, I was like oh. it's a circle. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> It's a transportation it's a circle. circle. It's all oh, connected. It all is. Uh, it is, though. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, two episodes and you'll get our jokes. Uh, but, okay, so that's really interesting that it was a lot bigger in the manga. Because this one was just like, uh, uh, push, uh, blow the rails, there you go, goodbye. It was, like, interesting. I thought we were going to get a big old epic fight. Um... So the guys yep. that like find it, the poor poor train conductors see Kimberly like impaled on the edge, and Kimberly's just like straight up psycho ranting about death and destruction and being so close to death. That's what you have to do if you're if you want to play the game. And I was like, those poor train conductors are like, what the heck, man? There's just some random military dude hanging off, impaled on the back of our train. Our caboose cars are missing, and he's ranting about death. I would have just like backed away slowly and been like, eh. <laughs> you can just sit like, there. I'm not driving. Just. Yeah, hang out there, Keep man. Driving. Until you get to a hospital. Uh, so, 
Winry calls uh, to the hotel where Ed and Al had been staying, and the boys aren't there. They don't have their contact info, and she just goes, that idiot. Uh, they're such idiots. That idiot. We know she's referring to Ed, her love. I just want to make that yeah, clear for everybody else. Yeah, she never that way. Ever. Alphonse, <laughs> never an idiot. That idiot, Ed, her one true love. Um, and so then we pan over to like Ed and Al hiking through, like getting carried through the snow. And the guy goes, is that auto mail to Al? And Al's like, no. He goes, oh, then you should should be all right. And they don't ask any other questions. And I'm like, uh-oh, what happens to auto mail? The cold Ed questions you should ask because he just made that comment, you ding dong. Um, I don't care, and then man. The next thing, like, I can go anywhere in the snow. I don't need anything. I just walked for hours can, in pools of blood, and I'm fine. <laughs> I can make skulls. Yeah, like, yeah. so then we pan over, and Ed's auto mail is frozen and hurting his body, and I was like, classic. Um, and then this dude, who we learn is Buccaneer, uh, pops up with, like, this chainsaw arm auto mail, and it's really so cool. intense, and... It works in the cold. So cool. Yeah, very cool arm. And then Ed tries to transmute it. He can't. He's like, what? Isn't this iron? It's not. Spoiler. Uh, and then... It's not iron. It's not iron. But my favorite is to help Ed, who's like about to get ripped apart by this chainsaw. Alphonse takes his head off and chunks it at the dude. And his little tassel that's on the top of his helmet gets stuck in the chainsaw and locks it up at, to save Ed. And so Ed ho finally hops down. And Ed, Ed's one line is, I hope I die here or else Winry's gonna kill me. <laughs> Which made me laugh a lot because they're yeah. in love. So funny. And then we are yes. introduced to my new favorite character. Lady. Oliv I add lady. Olivier Mira Armstrong. That is Alexander Louise Armstrong's older sister. And I will refer to her as Lady Armstrong for the rest of it. Because I want to give the Queen of the North the respect she deserves. Uh, because she is the true queen. Right. I'm just going to call her General Armstrong because that's her actual title. Yeah. So we're good. <laughs> mine, is, mine is a lot more uh, emotionally tied. Uh, so they get they find the letter from Alex on the boys. And I wrote the letter from Daddy Armstrong because not Daddy isn't a father, but Daddy isn't a daddy. <laughs> uh, and she rips up the letter. They're like, daddy. what the heck, man? Isn't a daddy. And she's like, I want to judge them for myself. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And that's how that episode ends. And so it's really intense. And then we get an after credit scene of Mei Chang and Marco finding Scar's brother's notebook that they've hidden up in the north. And it's a combo of alka history and alchemy. He's like found a way to mesh these together. And then we just see at the very end, uh-oh, Sloth is going to pop up at the Briggs. Uh so that's not great. And that is episode 33. Episode 33. Dang. It was, Dang. It was, it was quick um, and a lot. It was quick and a lot. Uh, I don't think... I already gave off my fun fact. I, I guess I have one more. The end credit scene was actually cut in the original airing due to time constraints. So no one oh. knew that Sloth would be coming. He just popped up. 
And they're like, oh god. Like all these episodes now have in credit scenes. I mean, they always have the preview, but Duh. like the Marco like, oh thing was actual like in credit scene. Like it doesn't get replayed. Like the next time we see them is like they're already talking about the book. It's not them digging up the book. So I was like, all right. So now I've, I've learned my lesson after last week. I'm now skipping through the credits to watch those in credit scenes after mm-hmm. four episodes in a row. I, know. I used to do that with My Hero, where I was just like, yeah, skip the in credit, it's fine. But now you can't. I realize that they'll you randomly just can't throw in a really big that. plot point. You just can't with anime, which. Which really sucks whenever you dislike an in song yes. as much as I dislike this one. Because <laughs> I have to sit through the Not whole me. stupid thing, and I hate it. I do. The opening has. Yeah, it's done that to me too. Now, after all that smack talk I we will did. Say, <laughs> uh, but the end. That's I why know, I enjoy watching it on my computer on Funimation because I just hit that awful. ten second button like four times. Like, <laughs> it's, so uh, it's harder to do on I, TV. I could, but I won't. Yeah. All right. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I just let it play and cry. And cry. Anyway. So that leads us to episode 34. <laughs> just Ice Queen, a.k.a. Queen of the North. Ice Queen. Ice Queen. Are there any new voices in this one? Oh, Sloth. Yes, but first I have a Netflix summary. Oh, yeah, duh. So... My, the Netflix summary is the soldiers at Fort Briggs remain ever vigilant against the threat of spies and drachma. Drachma. Is that how that's pronounced? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah, drachma. Drachma. It, it's, again, pronunciations are weird whenever I'm watching them. I was going to say, Japanese, you're watching so it in sub, Please forgive me so. if I mispronounce <laughs> easy words. Yeah. <laughs> The massive compound may seem impenetrable, but a violent intruder offers destructive proof to the contrary. Bam, bam, bam. So that's the Netflix sound. That's not bad. And here are your three new voices for this episode. First, we have uh, Dr. Neil, who I like very much. Um, and his English voice is Justin Cook. And he plays my favorite character in My Hero Academia, Ajiro Kirishima, Red Riot, ya boy. Ya boy! Love him. <laughs> Himbo status! He also plays... I know. He's perfect. Everything about him is perfect. I love Kirishima. Um, and then he also plays uh, Yusuke uh, Yuramashi in Yu Yu Hakusho. He's the main character of Yu Yu Hakusho. Which is cool. So he's been that for years, because I'm pretty sure that came out in, like, the early 90s. Oh. And he's also Raditz in Dragon Ball Z. And then his Japanese voice is Toro Nara, and he plays, uh, uh, Rikido Sato in My Hero Academia. Oh, he also plays Snipe in My Hero Academia, so that's Sugar Man and Snipe. Okay. And he also plays, uh, Young Jiraiya in the Naruto series. <laughs> Jiraiya. And he also plays Masashi Yahari in Ace Attorney. And I haven't seen that in a long time, so I don't remember who that is. But he had like 80 credits for that voice. Dang. So I was like, I guess I should write this down. That seems <laughs> fair. <laughs> and then we have my new favorite character. I always choose favorite characters that I feel are probably going to die very soon. Yeah. I don't know why this happens yep. to me. Yeah, that happens. But uh, Major Miles. 
Very worried about Very him. worried. Very worried. <laughs> um, but his, his English voice is Jason Douglas, and he plays Lord Beerus in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Mishi? Mishi Zacharias in Attack on Titan? I, I don't know if I said that first name correctly. Mishi Zacharias. And Ekoji in One Piece. Uh, I'm going to give Bridget a moment to look that up while I give you the Japanese guy. The Japanese name is Kazuya Nakai, and he plays, uh, if you were paying attention in Star Wars, he plays Ronan in Star Wars, or Ronan, sorry, in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Or, not The Last Jedi, The Ninth Jedi. I can't read today. He plays Flecked Turn in My Hero Academia World's Mission, but, and but. Zoro in One Piece. I know. But, but, I know. Uh, and finally, but, we but, have Slop. And his but, English name, the English voice actor, is Patrick Seats. And he plays, of course, Inji Todoroki or Endeavor in My Hero Academia, Keith Sadis in Attack on Titan, and Dio Brando in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Love this man. I saw a picture of him and knew instantly who he was, and that's how I know that I'm a weeb. And then the Japanese voice actor is Fukuhito or Fukuhiko uh, Tachiki, and he plays. Oh gosh, why are these names so hard to say? Ah, uh, I'm going to learn and be better. I promise. He plays Akai Ni Akai Nu Akai Nu in One Piece and Lexus. In Kingdom Hearts, I thought Lexus was far more important. He didn't have a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of credits there. Did you find our guy, Bridget? Yeah, Mish Zacharias was a commander in the Scout Regiment. Uh, surprise, yes. surprise, he dies, uh, as most people yeah. in the Scout Regiment do. But he lasts a while. Uh, he yeah. actually. Uh, the Beast Titan grabs his horse and throws it at him. So this is when they're fighting the Beast Titan. Uh, and then Beast Titan tells oh, him not to eat him so he can question him. Uh, but then the Titan... This is the one where the Titan ignores the Beast Titan's um, like command and uh, then mm. tries to like crush him. And I mean, and it's, it's, it's the first time we've seen the Beast Titan talk. And then uh, all the he's like, all right, you can eat him now because I'm done questioning him about his ODM gear. And then they all just rip him apart. So I specifically remember that because you're like, he can talk? And he's like, has control over the Titans. And so uh, really interesting mm -hmm. that that was him. So, Poor guy. Yeah. So he had, he had a Poor good Zachary's. arc. He was, he was, he was <laughs> Irwin's uh, like right-hand man for a long time. Um, so that Mish Zacharias is pretty sad. He, I remember that because the, the beast yeah, that's a, that's picks a, up oh his guys. horse and like hurls it, and I was like, "Bro, what?" Um, as my reaction is to most things that happen in Attack on Titan, it's just, "Bro, what?" Um, yeah, I respect him. Respect. Uh, that is right before a really intense Beast Titan arc. Uh, before we know who the Beast Titan is. Yes. Bam, bam, bam. Um. Okay. <laughs> so Ice Queen. So, here we go. Due to exposure, the flesh that touches Ed's automail starts to freeze. So he's super close to frostbite. They have to oil their automail. He's sitting in, like, the um, infirmary at the Briggs. 
and basically they're just telling him all about the North and how things work differently and how rules and stuff work differently because, you know, it's the North Wall. North Wall, if you've read or watched Game of Thrones, you know that. Um, the doctor recommends that they send for Winry to help with automail, and I just wrote, yay, more Winry! <laughs> Uh, but they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But they don't want to bring Winry up here because they've tried to keep her at an arm's length distance because ever since, um, what's his name? Fear King Fear Bradley, whatever, uh, has threatened Fear her. Fear King Bradley. <laughs> Fear King Bradley, whatever. Uh, threatened her. They just try and keep her away for safety, which I think is dumb, and I'll address that later. Uh, so then <laughs> our <laughs> queen opens the door and is like, hello, little red runt. And it made me laugh so hard because normally Ed's like ready to fight whoever calls him that. But he's just like, and she called me a little red runt. And I was like, you could see the respect she like She commands. just calls him a pipsqueak in Japanese. Oh, she yeah. goes, hello, little red so weird, runt. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard. Um, and then That's it, like, aggressive. I know. Jesus. Uh, and then pans over to Al is screaming because his hair, uh, that's in quotes, hair, is ruined and looks awful after getting unstuck from the chainsaw arm, which is this little tassel in his helmet. And so now it's like this little fuzzy, like, stick-up thing. And he's like, my hair looks awful, which made me laugh, but then also made me sad because that's like, Al considers that his hair because he doesn't he has have one thing. he doesn't have a body, you know? It's like, he has ah. one thing that he gets to love, and now it's gone. If they and don't replace his hair, I'm going to be so sad I know, I was him. like, come on, Ed, transmute hay, for goodness sake. Right? It's probably Anything. like hay or cloth. Fix your brother's hair. He doesn't fix have a lot. Your little brother's hair. <sighs> oh my gosh. Um, so up north, mm -hmm. everyone has secrets and dark pasts, and they want to know why Al's suit's empty, and they're really debating on how much should we let on. We don't know these people. We don't know if we can trust them. And, uh, that gets really put to the test in a little bit. Uh, Lady Armstrong, General Lady Armstrong, uh, is letting them stay, and they tell her that, like, you know, we're here to try and get our bodies back, learn Alka history. And now she wants to know Alka history because she's like, I can use it as a weapon since they're so close to drachma. And she's like, you don't get the luxury that you have a luxury that I don't get. You get to live comfortably in this like nation's walls. I'm the one who builds the walls and defends them. So you can have that luxury. And so I was like, Alka history is not meant to be a weapon, but at the same time you see how easily alchemy gets corrupted and it just feels like a spiral. Um, so, Major Miles. This is when we get introduced to Major Miles. Um, he is an Ishvalan man. His father and grandmother is a different race, but his grandfather was Ishvalan, so his eyes are red and his hair is white and his skin is tan. I really love Major Miles, and I'm with you, Lauren. I just have a I bad vibe. <laughs> bad vibe that not <laughs> I him, was so excited. That gonna happen to him. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. I was so excited to meet him. I was like, oh, they're going to replace Ling in my heart. This is going to be so good. I can have a break from my pain. And then the next episode happens. And at the beginning of it, I was like, yeah, go you. And then I was not. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. And I was we, like, oh, God. Why we quickly got a little <laughs> little confident. And then uh, our, <laughs> we'll why? get there. Um, so he major miles is like do you have a problem with me being ishvalan and then ed's like ishvalan people killed my best friend's parents and blah 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 but no i don't i don't really have a problem with that i do have beef with certain people and so 
Major Miles kind of laughs and is like, since the war, Emestrians always view me with a mixture of guilt and pity, and I'm getting tired of it. And so he's like, thanks for being honest. And I was like, interesting. This is an interesting take. This is an interesting conversation. So in order for them to stay there, they have to have a job uh, and work. And <laughs> so they're instructed because the icicles falling, which is actually a real thing. Icicles falling are super dangerous and can be deadly. And so they're instructed to scrape off the icicles from the Briggs wall. And it's so funny because you see Ed's stick that he's trying to scrape off and it can't touch the roof. And then all of a sudden you can tell which one's Al's sticks. It's like two feet taller and perfectly scraping off the icicles. And I was like, oh, sweet Ed now. Um, and then Officer Fallman, is that his name? Officer Fallman? Mm-hmm. Okay, Fallman. Fallman. Runs yes. into Ed and Al, and he's one of Mustang's boys that got transferred up here when they all got scattered to the wind. Uh, and it's nice to see a familiar face for them, for us. And they're talking, and they're like, "Oh, so you're you basically got demoted, and you're not on a career path anymore." And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's true." And uh, so then they're going down to look at like the weapons manufacturing thing that they have at the Briggs, and. It's like it's supposed to be high tech weaponry that they're gonna give to the rest of Amestria, but um, while they're down there and they're kind of underground, uh, they hear this digging noise under the pipes, and they're like, "Uh, what, what's happening?" And then all of a sudden, it's Sloth. Uh oh, who's literally? <laughs> I'll get to it. Uh, so then we pan over to Kibley. <laughs> Kipley's in a hospital up north, and Armstrong doesn't like that she, that he is here. And she's like, wasn't he locked up for killing generals and stuff? Uh, and she, she's like, I, I don't like him being in my territory. Um, all right, so Sloth. Sloth isn't... I wrote my first note was, Sloth isn't very Sloth-like, other than he talks slow and low. And then I went, oh, never mind. He just fell asleep after making an appearance, like, just while standing there. And they're like, you're asleep? <laughs> Uh, so Sloth I don't know dumb. if in the the dub it's the same, but he says, oh, bother a lot. And I'm like, he's the real Winnie the Pooh of this. <laughs> no, he does not say, oh, bother. <laughs> like, he's just he, like... He dethrones gluttony. Yeah. He does not say, oh, bother. He's just like, I don't know. <laughs> he says, where am bother. I? <laughs> he keeps saying, like, pain. This is such a pain. Oh, no. So we do not say "oh bother." I'm glad that uh, okay. I'm glad that the sub has a new Winnie well, the Pooh. He says "oh bother" in Japanese. <laughs> so in the sub, oh, yeah. sloth is oh, your yeah. Winnie the Pooh, and the dub, <laughs> gluttony is your Winnie the Pooh. Got it? Gluttony, yeah. There you go. So, so there's two. There's two poos. Two. Mm, all right. Two poos. <laughs> Um, so Sloth was told to dig a hole, and he's not sure why he's here. He keeps asking a randomly mumbling, can I stop digging now? Where am I? And so I'm like, where is he going? Where was he told to go? Um, and then he just, like, randomly walks up on the elevator and is going up to development. Uh, so they're all shooting at him, and Ed now are like, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, and clearly doesn't work. Lady Armstrong hits him with a bazooka and nothing happens. We all know that, but they don't know that. And so they're like, what's going on? This guy should be just obliterated. And it bounced off of him. Um, and so Sloth keeps mumbling, get back to work, dig a hole. And we're, it just, it, he's literally been told by someone and we're, we don't know what. Uh, 
So Ed's like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And so Lady Armstrong turns and was like, why do you know that? You better answer my questions right now or else you're dead. Um, Ed can't answer all the questions. And even at his own life being risked, he's like, I can't answer that because, you know, Fury King Bradley has been like, hey, if you say anything, all your loved ones will die. Um, A.K.A. Winry and Granny. And so uh, she's really skeptical of the boys, even when trying to fight the homunculus. They don't know it's a homunculus. Uh, and then that's how it ends. Like, they're, they're getting ready to go to town. And, um, yeah. And then we get an after credit scene. It's They're clearly still fighting the homunculus. But then Mei Cheng and Marco... Uh, I thought it was Mei Cheng and Marco looking at a map because the lighting was different, but it's not. That's that's them underground with the homunculus looking at a map. Um, and then the biggest quote that the voice says is, those who stand in the way are swept aside, such is the law in the North. And I think that's really important for when we see Lady Armstrong do this mm -hmm. epic like twist at the very end. Because... You stood in her way, you're swept aside, man. Such is the law in the North. You can't mess with the Queen of the North! Alright. Yeah, Queen it. of the North! Queen of the North! Sorry. Oh, this is my mug. <laughs> Pretend this is a goblin. Anyway. Alright, so that, that's that's episode 34. Lauren, you that got fun facts for us? Um, I do have fun facts. So, this was based off of chapters 65 and 66 in Full Metal Alchemist. So, if you're so behind. Along, we're up to chapter 66. <laughs> Um, and the tanks that they used against Sloth are actually based off of, uh, German PZK PFW4 tanks that were debuted in World War II, so if you needed any more reasons to think that they were Nazis, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's done. Those are my, those are my fun facts. Man. This is super German World War II heavy, but I, I really like that it pulls from real it, history. It there's some World War II well, you know, buff there's that a movie. started watching it that was loving it. There's a movie? There's a Full Metal Alchemist movie where they actually are in Nazi Germany. Yeah, it came out after Brotherhood finished, and apparently it's very bad. Uh, we are probably going to watch it at some point. Probably, yeah. But <laughs> what? Uh, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know anything about it except for that. Interesting. So. Okay. I'm not going to look it up until we're done with the show, but it's really interesting. I say I'm not going to look it up. I'm yeah. going to try not to look it up until we're done with the show because... You're going to forget about it probably, and then I hope come so. back to you randomly <laughs> in the middle of the night. And then I'll, I'll Google it and fall asleep and whatever. Mm -hmm. All right, so then we get to episode 35, The Shape of This Country. Literally. We find out that is literally ba -ba. a title. I know. What the heck? Anyway, uh, your Netflix summary is uh, Edward uncovers a conspiracy of staggering scope, a plot that has already claimed countless victims. Clues suggest that Fort Briggs will, will soon know bloodshed and an entire nation will suffer. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. That's actually not horrible. It doesn't uh, spoil too much. It's not bad. Uh, we only have one new voice in this episode, and that's General Raven. And we've seen him before, but he didn't play a big role, so I never Trash. cared to Trash. look into it. Uh, but his English voice actor is Christopher Aries. He plays Frieza in Dragon Ball Z, uh, and Prince Soma in Black Butler, which is one of the gayest animes of all time. <laughs> uh, and then his Japanese voice is <laughs> Katsushia Hokoki? 
and he plays Jimbei in One Piece and Tepe Hojo in Higurashi when they cry. All right. That's it. He didn't have a whole lot of credits. Yeah. Well, good, because he doesn't get a whole lot of screen time. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so here we go. Uh, I like how they call Lady General Armstrong Sir because she's she doesn't let just because she's yeah. a woman her rank doesn't get looked down upon her gender like she's like no you call them sir I'm a sir and th- I love it I I love her so much she's she's the most sir I would like to argue she's yeah. more sir than all the other sirs combined she commands so much more respect and like also like honor for her people like she doesn't do alchemy but oh my gosh I she's amazing. Well, we don't know if she doesn't do alchemy. We know her brother does alchemy, so maybe she could. I don't know. I don't think she does. Yeah, but she looks epic when she, she stands there with her sword. She has fear on her side. And she's got um, epic sword skills, apparently. So, just really, really big fan. Um, mm-hmm. So, they push Sloth into an elevator with the tanks. And then they douse them in this fuel. And then they roll <laughs> they roll in a tank and knock him outside with some ammo it, like, in this elevator. And then Ed and Al just straight up, like, <laughs> kick him over a railing. And they're like, yeah! But the fuel's especially blended for the cold. So as it evaporates off of him, it will suck out his body heat and he'll freeze. And so that's exactly what happens. He's like, I'm so cold. And then freezes outside. We know it doesn't kill him because, like, nothing kills them. But he's at least paused. <laughs> he's on pause. Incapacitated? Incapacitated. Yeah. He, yeah, they just hit pause on him, because his body's still, like, regenerating, but I don't know. Um, so Lady Armstrong then locks up the boys, because she wants to know what Sloth was, why he was here. She's like, clearly you're not telling me something. And so they get thrown in the brig, in brigs, which made me laugh. Um, so all the military guys are coming over to the jail cell and thanking them for saving them. Hey, you saved our guys because Ed uh, did some transmutation real quick and blocked a bunch of the stuff Sloth was throwing from hitting these guys and crushing them. Um, but you can tell that the Briggs people stick together, but they also follow the rules that are given to him because they know it's for the greater good. Because he's like, hey, you want to let us out of here? And they all in unison are like, no, we can't do that. And he's like, all right, I get it. Worth a shot. Worth a shot. But uh, you can tell like, that... We're, we're afraid of our boss. Yeah. He's terrifying. We he will not disrespect our boss. Uh, but, like, you can tell the camaraderie there is, is like, solid. Um, I love the camaraderie in the Briggs group. It's so nice because all the other military doesn't really have that. So it's no. nice to have this little piece. The last time this, we like, had it was Mustangs guys and they and they are all scattered to the wind. So <laughs> this is like the next nicest thing we can get. And it's really are they good. dust in the wind? No, because they're not dead yet. Most of them. Some of them. We'll see. <laughs> yet. Yet. As this show likes to do to us. Yet. <laughs> uh, I trust nothing. I know. If you like someone, they're not safe. Don't think they're safe. Um, so I think it's if Lauren likes someone, they're not safe. If I like someone, it's a guaranteed stamp of death or mind death. Yeah. What the hell? I think I'm sorry, pretty Alphonse. Accurate. Whatever happens to you, that's my fault. Lauren, I swear if you get Alphonse killed off in this show... I'm just saying... We quit. <laughs> we this end. Was, we end before it happens. Before we started. We, no, we end. We'll just stop. All right. <laughs> that was episode 60, everybody. That was Don't the watch show. the next three. Goodbye. It's all done. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, oh, my gosh. No. 
I hope not. So then we pan Sorry. over and Major Miles is interviewing and meeting with Kimberly in the hospital where he's at up north and he's like pretty close to death and Miles is like, man, this dude's sketchy and up to no good and uh, Miles thinks he has the upper hand this moment because, you know, Kimberly's like impaled and like internal damage on a hospital bed and threatens Kimberly and saying they're now going to hunt down Scar and Kimberly is not happy with that because Kimberly doesn't want anybody else to mess with Scar because you know he probably wants to kill people um but Miles is like hey General Armstrong if if there's like a convicted killer out here we're not going to let it fly so we're, we're taking this over um then all of a sudden after Miles leaves General Raven comes in to visit Kimberly and checks to see if Kimberly still has the two Philosopher's Stones. He brings in a doctor who knows alchemy, and they have stones of their own, apparently, he says. Uh, was this doctor someone we've met before? The smile with the golden tooth made me think that we've met them, but no. I don't know. He is not someone we've met before. He is credited as Golden Tooth Doctor, so he doesn't even have a name. Got I don't it. know if he ever comes back. Okay. They, the way they shot it was I, like, I was going to put him in as a voice. Yeah. And I was like, should I? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if, if maybe. If he comes back, I will add him. Okay. Yeah. I was like, interesting. Um. So then they have the two Philosopher's Stones. Uh, but we pan over to Dr. Marco and Mei Chang in their little hideout, reading, trying to read Scar's brother's books. Uh, so Alka History is, like, the study of the Dragon's Pulse, which, Lauren, I think you've talked about a few times on the show about it. Um, it's about the yeah. Chi of the Land. Whenever they introduced it, I talked about how it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. The Chi of the Land. So, you I, know it. I, like, paused and, like, tried to write down everything that Mei Chang was saying, which was, like, three pauses and three rewinds, because I was like, oh, oh, a lot of info is being, hap being told right now. Um, so, it's an energy that exists in all things of this world, like rivers of power flowing through it. Those rivers are far-reaching and touch everybody and everything. All you have to do is understand where that power flows and how it enters and how it leaves, and then you can use it to affect just about anything. The body, too. So that's how they use it for healing. Um, which is, it's the force. It, it's the force. Uh, <laughs> it's the force of this world. And, yeah. It, I, I really like it because it's like this beautiful flowing thing. And I mean, it's, it's a lot prettier of a description than Ed being like, it's science. And I was like, okay. Um, so then Marco talks about al alchemy in the, the city and Amestria and how Amestris, I always say Amestria, it's Amestris. Uh, and the alchemy uses energy created in the Earth's crust. A great deal of energy is released during earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. That's what fuels Amestrian alchemy. So they're, they're like almost the same, but one's like more in depth and one is more surface level, it almost feels like. So I bet the combo of these things are going to be mm -hmm. great. Because uh, if we remember, like, I hope so. they could turn off an Al's alchemy but you can't turn off, you know, Scar and uh, Mei Chang's Alka history because I think it's deeper. It's more about the Earth's flow and understanding life. And I have a lot of theories. We'll get to that at the end of this episode when we get, when we do our questions. Because it's interesting. It's it's like an interesting. I can't think of the word I want. I know it's, it's really hard to try and describe. Like yeah, faith. Mm -hmm. 
because it's like they have such strong faith in alchemy, like it's almost this religious experience that、mm-hmm. you help control. And then alchemy is just it just is what it is. Like it's something you learn and something it's almost you know, like surface level.、See. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. more like alchemy. It's weird faith in the unseen and faith in your belief in it.、Mm-hmm. And alchemy is more like I can see it, I can do it, kind of thing. I don't know. It's it gets really complicated、so、when you're trying to explain. It's very it. interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was like.、Mm, This is hard to write. Mei Cheng knows there's energy flowing,、yeah. but she said this multiple times in the show. She says it feels like it's not coming from the earth, but then she says this line. But like a crowd of people squirming around, and I was like, like the homunculi,、huh. or like all the bodies they've used of like cities they've destroyed to create philosopher stones.、Um, so I said, so can they only do alchemy because of father? Is Lauren's theory correct? Father is the man who created alchemy. Yeah, I threw in your theory. I'm correct. I am so proud of that myself. That is in my notes. Is Lauren's theory I, correct? I will cry. I think because you know I still think I still think to this day that father and daddy Elric are two halves of one whole. They are the mages that they were talking about in Xerxes, Xerxes, and they went separate ways. And that is the thing. If I'm right, it'll be the only thing I've been right about. Number one, but number two. I I will cry. I will cry on this so, podcast. I'm like straight up. I'm like in on half of your theory. <laughs> so like, I think that father might be that mage for sure. I'm still jury's still out on Hohenheim. Like, especially with this like next episode, I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, Hohenheim keeps. I don't know. Hohenheim keeps the mystery <laughs> alive for me because I'm like what. What do you mean? Right. What is going on with that guy, man? Like, <laughs> He's so mysterious. So lost. Always out in a field doing some deep thinking, and I'm like, what is happening right now? Every theory I thought I had locked down.、Well, he would have done it in his house if his kids hadn't burned it down. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> if his little rebellious children didn't just burn everything they own. <laughs> It's like you couldn't just cry. Here's a fire for your house, and then that—that's going to be next episode where we talk about that and all of our feelings. Okay, so no one、mm-hmm. has broken to the Briggs、anyway. Fort before, but apparently, almost twenty years ago, a mysterious woman was stealing food and supplies for a full month from them, and it was their teacher. I laughed so hard at that. She wasn't lying. She was not lying. She was right. She it did it.、True. But I do think the bear might have been buccaneer. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> made me laugh so hard.、Um, so, Arm- Lady Armstrong brings them really far underground in that tunnel that Sloth had dug,、um, so that no prying eyes and ears can hear them. And she's like, "All right, tell me the truth. Tell me everything you're hesitating on. I need to know." Uh, because this thing just busted in here, and I know you know more. And these are like the only people that are there. I think is Buccaneer and Miles, and those are like trusted, trusted people.、Um, and、um, and Fullman, Fullman is there. Oh yeah, because obviously he knows. Because poor Mustang's group.、Uh, mm-hmm. So they tell her all that they know about Bradley, Homunculi, Father, Philosopher Stones, the hostages, the corrupt senior staff. She knows Hawkeye and Havoc,、uh, and so she doesn't want to risk them. Uh, I was like, oh, she was havoc. 
hope that she know about him in the hospital. It was a little sad no. moment for me. Why can't, why can't, why can't they date? Why can't Havoc date this beautiful lady? He would spoil her so well. Oh, you know he probably tried we to. We know this about Havoc. You know he probably tried to. And That's she was true. like, no, I need to move up. And he was That's like, true. don't you want to go on a date? Because <laughs> I think she knew them. Like she said, it was just like in, uh, in trainings in Central. And so you know he tried to ask yeah. her. Uh, and she was like, no. <laughs> but I love them. I love that she She's cares like, for them. No, I'm more interested in Hawkeye. Yeah. Love that she was like, yeah, I know Hawkeye. And I was like, I want to see a blonde lady boss babe team up. Ooh, real, team up. real bad. Real bad. Her with her sword. Hawkeye with her gun. Like, let's do it. I'm so into this. And if we don't get that in like a big battle at the end, I'm going to be so upset. Uh, but I do have these horrible. I think Mustang would die. <laughs> I do have these horrible vibes that, can do that, that Lady Armstrong isn't going to make it to the end of the series. And I don't, I think, I think she just cares. Yeah, I don't know. I think she cares too much and not too much, but like she's going to sacrifice herself. I don't think herself. anyone is safe at this point. I'm just going to be really sad because like, I really like her. And she's going to, she's, you know, she's going to sacrifice herself for her men. And I'm like, uh, so that's just he's going to sacrifice himself he's, no I'm he's sorry. going to sacrifice himself I can't do that voice <laughs> thanks TikTok he's going to sacrifice himself no Ron no <laughs> um, what is it <laughs> <laughs> sorry Sorry. I'm sorry. Thanks, TikTok. That was that was my bad. Uh, and then my favorite last line she says after they tell her all the info, she's like, I could care less about Colonel Mustang. He's just in the way. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she wants to move uh, up. <laughs> Made me laugh. Yeah, she wants to be King Fuhrer Bradley. Fuhrer King Bradley. King Fuhrer King Lord Fuhrer Bradley. Um, so... Ed thinks that the tunnel is dug. That's his middle name. His middle name Lord. is Lord. It's King Lord Fuhrer. But it's Bradley. spelled like Fuhrer King Lord Bradley. It's spelled like Lord, like the singer with E. <laughs> so they weren't too on. The I nose. love that. They weren't too on the nose. They're like, no, no, it's an artistic choice. I like that. Um, so Ed I like that. Or his middle name could be Emperor. That would be good too. Stop. King Emperor ba Bradley. What a name. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Uh, so Ed thinks the tunnel is dug in the circle, kind of like how Central was, because and it's going to create a giant alchemy symbol. So to put the theory to the test, um, Ed marks all the incidents that have had bloodshed in Amestria, the uprisings and riots. Um, Ed and Al just learned about Lior that they thought they saved because they got the corrupt guy out of there, and they didn't realize that... Uh, Central came in and created basically like this uprising and the city falling apart, which we know from like Envy talking about it, that they do that on purpose. And it's really sad. Uh, all the locations create a giant transmutation circle, which is like a circle. And then like a, almost it's not a hexagon, but I did one, two, three, four, five, six. It's got six sides, six, six or eight. I don't know. I didn't do good in geometry. Um, and so and that's on the outside of it though. And so, uh, basically they see it's a giant transmutation circle. It looks just like the one from the fifth lab and they might make a philosopher's stone with the entire country of a mistress. That's a lot of people that will die. Um, so then we pan over to Marco and Mei Chang and Marco was like, Hey, I, yeah, I gave an owl like this, this 
Nathaniel. We told them to find the hidden truths about alchemy and the philosopher's stone because they're also kind of realizing that things are messed up. And here's the three truths. The first one, the ingredients for the philosopher's stone are live humans. Second one, there are a group of people seeking to create a giant philosopher's stone. And third one, they plan to use the entire country as a giant transmutation circle to make it. But what is their motive and what are they trying to do? We know that they're trying to do that, but what's the what's the end goal? What's the bigger picture? Why do they want to do that? Because they can't rule over everybody if everybody's dead. Um, so what are they? I don't know. What's the purpose end goal here? So the first. Yeah, I don't really either. Yeah. So uh, was, I have no guesses. Yeah. It, neither does any of our characters. So they're all kind of lost and like, why? They're like, we get people in power, but what are you going to rule over if everybody's dead? Um, so the first of the conflicts happened in 1558, just after the founding of a mistress. Uh, so the military was involved with all conflicts that make the circle. And basically they created a mistress in the first place for the sole purpose. Um, and then they, they talk about that Hughes must have seen this before he was killed because he was in the court martial office. So he had access to all these documents of the bloodshed, where Central was going. And so he had marked it all and saw what was happening. And then that's why Envy took him out. And that's really sad. Oh. No. But so, one mystery has come to a close. It did. We now know why Hughes died. We've bookend Hughes' death, and it's really sad. But Mustang still doesn't know who killed him, so I'm sure that'll come up soon. And we, we might get some really cool Envy Mustang fight, maybe? I don't know. And more people If pimples? Mustang doesn't kill Envy, then there is no. There is. There is just no justice in this world. Yeah. He deserves to kill him and, you, and I will be devastated if he doesn't. And you know the homunculi must kind of fear Mustang after he just like torched Lust. Yeah. Because Lust was like their leader and he torched her. So mm-hmm. um I'm sure there's some kind of fear respect there. Um so uh Ed has flashbacks of Envy and somebody else. I couldn't remember who this other person was. I couldn't either. I think I feel it might have been like episode one or something when it was like they were trying to lock down someone. I don't know. I, I think you're right. Could not remember. So I'm thinking. I want to say I faintly remember episode one having someone. But if so, <laughs> I need to rewatch episode one because that what a deep dropping cool. that episode yeah. thirty five. Still pulling from episode one. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so I, I, I'll i probably go back tonight and rewatch episode one to see that. Um, but, so he has these flashbacks of someone, that guy telling him he has no control over the alchemy he uses, and that he doesn't know who he serves, and, you know, Envy said the same thing, oh, you think you, you own this power? That's cute. Uh, he realizes, you know, this is, those hints have been there all along, which is my thing of, like, Father is the one that's giving them all these powers, not necessarily purposefully, but because he has all these powers. And what if, like, it's all a philosopher's stone? I don't know. My brain was, like, throwing five trillion theories in my head at once, and I don't know. Um, so if the theory is right, the next place they're going to hit is Briggs. That's, that's the completion of the circle. Um, so Lieutenant General Raven is now at Briggs to see Lady Armstrong. So they have to go back up out of the tunnel and, um, just go see Briggs. But Ed first asks her, like, hey, can you con some info out of him? Which I I love this. 
Uh, but also, Kimberly is here, and all better now. And uh, Raven asked Miles to show him around the fort, and I was like, it's a trap! Don't do it! Because Kimberly hates him as um, hates Ishvalans, and I'm really scared about this. Um, so... Then we have this, like, moment when they're walking in the hallway and Al's losing hope about getting his body back. And he just says, like, when we apple pie. And Ed assures them that, you know, they're going to get their body back. He's going to get to eat pie. It's, I don't know. It was, like, a really, like, little extra dose of sadness on a really stressful moment. And I was like, gee, thanks. <laughs> um, so now Lady Armstrong is meeting with Lieutenant General Raven. But we see that there is, like, a recorder up in the ceiling, and the boys are listening. So, Lady Armstrong is trying to use her womanly charms, if you know what I mean, I'm winking, um, to convince General Raven, uh, to con General Raven. She says she wants an immortal body like that monster. It's just so funny, because she's like, I'm a lady, I want to be immortal and young and pretty forever, and he just totally buys into that, because he's like a horn dog. Uh, and Raven says the line... Would you be interested in a legion of immortal soldiers? And they're like, he took the bait. Uh, and they got a record a recording of him basically mentioning the homunculi, which is great. So now they have evidence, and I don't know what they're going to do with that, because it's not like they can tell the Fuhrer, because uh, he is one. So that's how it ends. Yeah. And then we get an <laughs> after credit scene that say, only the strong survive. Uh, power must be fought with an even greater power. But then they show this, like, really quick... Uh, clip of Daddy Elric, and I was like, "Oh snap, Hohenheim's coming back." Um, and it says, "A man sets for resolution, sets for with resolution in his heart." And I was like, "Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean?" And this next episode also doesn't help me clarify what that means. But, um, that leads us to our last episode, episode thirty-six. Yeah, honestly, family portrait. So many questions left so from the last episode. <laughs> oh wait, I have fun facts. Oh, fun facts. I have fun facts. So, uh, these, uh, the, blah, 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 the content from this episode was from chapters 66 and 67 of FMA. We're now up to 67. Oh my gosh. Bless. Here we are. Uh, and there was actually a mistake when they were recording the English dub. They had Fallman recount that the first incident happened in 1588, and then they let him go, and they realized that it happened in 1558, so they make Ed say a snide remark, just like, you're not thinking about this right, it was 1558. So that's actually not in the sub, it's only in the dub because they messed up. That's funny. And that's that. And the pistol that Buccaneer uses, um... On Ed, or he like pulls on him, is based off of a Moss a Mosser C ninety six, which was a German pistol in World War Two. Another classic, classic hint at Nazis. Nazis. Those are all my fun facts. Here is your Netflix summary for episode thirty six, Family Portrait. Boop, boop. Uh, as Raven tries to corrupt Armstrong, Ed and Al can only wait in their cell. Long ago, their father faced his own captivity confined to an eternity of regret in an undying body to escape the pain he said goodbye i, I mean not the best summary netflix not the best summary and <laughs> also just, really just shows the the anger i still have at hohenheim <laughs> i have like, a, i have a little more sympathy for him after this episode but at the same time i'm like bro <laughs> talk your feelings out I'll man i'll have more sympathy once I know what the heck is going on. <laughs> that too. It's like, seriously, 
just give me your little blood worms, shoot them into the ground for no reason, and then talk about how much you love your family, and then leave your family. Like, what's going on, man? Were they blood worms? Were they blood worms? I thought it was just, like, blood splatter that absorbed into the ground. So, it was, but the way they went into the ground was, like purposeful, like they were spreading out somewhere and they wiggle when they go in. So I called them blood worms. Stop, I don't like that. (laughs) Gross. They wiggle, though. Um, (laughs) alright. Family portrait. Uh, so this is like the first time we get like a pre-credit opening credit scene, uh, in a while. And actually in all of these, like we just Mm -hmm. have like a recap and then um, so we open up (laughs) With this bloodworm scene of Daddy Elric is now, or Hohenheim, I keep just saying Daddy Elric in all my notes now, uh, is reciting names. Daddy Elric is fine. We know who we're talking about. Okay, good. He's reciting names and asking for forgiveness, and then straight up, like, punches his fingers into his chest, almost like Indiana Jones Temple of Doom style, and then, like, splurts out blood on the ground, and then heals up. And I was like, what? I think those names are the people that were used to create his inner philosopher's stone. Because he's a homunculus, like I said, right? 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 I think so. Yeah. But there's there's something weird here. Either he uses a philosopher's stone to do stuff, or he has one inside of him. I don't know. I think, you know... I still don't know what father is. I just know that they're both the legendary human things that bring their crap to people. That's all I know. In my heart. So, but I think those were the names of the people that created his philosopher's Yeah, because remember, okay, so when we had that scene where he's drunk at the fire, and we have all those people, and my theory was, mm-hmm. although I missed, like, half the episode went over my head, but my original theory was that he was a homunculi and those were the souls in him. Now, I was wrong in that situation, but my theory still stands. <laughs> but he could still be a hum- oh, homunculi. And he now could. he's reciting there names is, there that is were the souls that built Possibility. Him. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's super confusing for I think my they were brain just going with the Game of Thrones theme, and they were like, they are like, you know, we've got Sansa, we should really put Arya in here too. Let's just make Daddy Elric say some names. A man has no face. And we'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's gonna say <laughs> to death, not today, um, which basically not he, today. he does in this Well, episode. actually, he'd probably be like, yes, today, please, please, today. Um, so, oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. watch was like, today, you have events today. <laughs> it's like, okay, calm down, watch. Okay. <laughs> Why do you keep saying today? I'll tell you. I know, Siri's <laughs> freaking out. Uh, so, a quote I wrote down, what is, what is Mommy Elric's name? Uh, Trisha. 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 Yeah, because I keep trying to say Trisha Yeager. That's not right. Uh, so her quote is, because we flash back to when he's living at the house with the boys and Trisha's alive. And it's just like a super depressing, like, intro before, <laughs> before the episode. Uh, and she goes, you can hug them, you know, they are your sons. And then he says, I don't want the monster to spread. And she's, and he says, since I got this body, trying to think of the flow of a larger world, uh, he kept on living for a long time, and that was enough. He doesn't, he doesn't get older, but his sons are aging and growing now. They created two sons. The, wor- the way he phrases it, created two sons. Uh, he thinks he's a monster. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he, and why does this flashback hurt so bad? 
because he's struggling with the fact that his whole family is aging, but he doesn't. And I was like, all right, Twilight. Uh, very new moon vibes <laughs> here. Um, so they want to do a family photo. <laughs> it's exactly what's happening. Super angsty. I'm, I'm not aging, but my loved ones are aging. It's so new moon. That's exactly what went in my head. Oh, uh, so they want to do this family good. photo. And I was like, oh, was look good. at little baby Ed and Al. They're so sweet. And Ed just always staring at him like wide-eyed. Like They were so cute. Um, So... Trisha, like, love me. I know. Or, <laughs> Please. I almost like Ed's piercing eyes can see the truth through you, which is, I think, exactly what Hohenheim's thinking. <laughs> He's like, he could, he knows what I am, but it, I know. In reality, Ed's a two-year-old. Like, stop, that's stop like, looking at me. Yeah, Ed's, Ed's a two-year-old. That's like, I don't want milk. <laughs> um. So <laughs> Trisha says, someday I'm gonna be a wrinkled old monster myself, uh, and she wants to do this photo so you can be able to remember us all together, smiling. Even if you're scared, don't try distancing yourself from me. And I wrote, I wrote in all caps, well, that didn't work. Uh, and in the photo, she's like, smile, <laughs> smile, honey. And he's like frowning. And I didn't realize this, but he's crying in the photo. And so I want to go back to those old he's episodes crying. and see if you could see that. But he's crying in the photo. He's And see? It's so sad. Um, it was so sad. He wants... <laughs> And so he wants to be with Trisha and the boys and grow old and die with them. And then he says, that bastard. And I'm like, who's he referring to? Is he referring to father? Because he is split from father. It has to be father. Yeah, and he's made into a homunculi and he doesn't want this life. So, you know, when Greed's talking, or no, when Bradley's talking and he's like, I don't know if the soul in me right now is my soul or one of the ones that survived. So I think, you know... You know, Daddy Elric was the first homunculi he tried to make, and none of the other souls like stuck in him, but his own. But he is aware that there's other souls in him, and so he feels the guilt like that the other homunculi don't feel. Uh, <laughs> and he just doesn't want to. So you know, be this could really work for both of us here. <laughs> this could really work for both. Okay, of us. okay. so Father could have created. Uh, Daddy Elric, and sent him torching to spread alchemy. Alchemy, yeah. That's his alchemy thing. While he goes to Amestris to spread alchemy, and they were supposed to maybe meet back up, come back together, but then he was like, nah, you ruined me. I hate everything. I just, I'm an angsty man I just want to watch like the next 30 episodes right now <laughs> so I can get this answer because it's driving me crazy. Uh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to binge it so bad because it's like a really good storyline, but I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> Um, I'm honestly shocked that you agreed to do this podcast knowing that you couldn't binge the anime we were watching. It is so hard. I but like. I'm so happy. Look how fun this has been. I <laughs> like. I have to go on Pinterest every night and look up fanfic, like just to help, like art to help, like cure the the need to want to watch more. I have to like take in other medias of this like genre to help stop myself from going forward. Uh yeah, so oh, that's hilarious. It's it's hard. I'm sorry. It's hard, but you know what? It's, <laughs> You're doing so good. It's a great so show. I really love this show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, he fixes the swing, which made me laugh. Uh, he's just like up on a tree, fixing a swing, trying to be a dad. And he falls out of the tree and he's like, I haven't been able to do much for the boys, but I can at least do this. And I'm like, don't make me like him. Don't make me like him. Um, and then he goes, Trisha, I'm going away. Wait here for me. Don't tell the children. I don't want them to know about my body. And I'm like, what does that mean? What was he actually going away to do? Because it, it, we know he went away for a purpose. I don't know. And there's something about his body. I think, I, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Okay. I think he was trying to find a way to make himself human. Because we know that he was looking for a philosopher's stone. Yeah. He studied human transmutation. I don't think it was to bring anyone back. I think it was to just make himself more. Maybe it was him trying to so get rid could, of his philosopher's stone, but still try and live. Like, <sighs> It's so complicated, yeah. and it ties into, like, every subject we have watched in this show, but we don't know how. But we know there's ties there. We just don't know the bigger I'm picture. Sure, I'm sure once it comes to light, it's it's going to be just such a, oh, uh, moment. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Like, we're just, it's going to wash over us, and we're going to be like, I see everything now. I have all these feelings. Absolutely, so yeah. I'm ready for it. Uh, and so, of course, when he's trying to leave... <laughs> The boys come out, and they see him leaving, and it's so sad. And he starts to almost cry when he has to leave. And just, <laughs> I write, and... That's why he looks so mean. I know. And so I write, <laughs> I write in all caps, don't make me like him. <laughs> because I know, I know it's going to be all for a purpose and for a sensitive spot and a good thing. And Ed and Al were just too young to understand, and I'm going to like him, but I'm so mad at him because he left them. But I get it, and I know I'm going to end up liking him. <sighs> I've liked him from Father at the Grave. I knew that this was coming, so I've resisted. I'm, I have resisted I'm for, here for so it. long, and now I'm like, all right, here we go, starting that redemption train. But you let it let you just have your feelings, man. He's he's pulling an endeavor, and that's okay. Uh, you need he's to let straight it up is pulling an if endeavor. You can forgive endeavor. Don't you, you can forgive? Don't home. you pull this on me? Don't you pull an NG on me? Alright. Ah, endeavor. Ah, endeavor. <laughs> you thinking about me? <laughs> I love Hawks. Always. So much. Okay, so then he just like says, like, we're back to him present day in the field with his bloodworms, and he says, just a little while longer. And I'm like, what does this all mean? What does what that, that mean? What does this mean? And then the opening credits happened. I was like, that was like a 10 minute opening scene. That was half the episode before the credits even played. So intense. Ugh. Okay. So intense. So here we go. <sighs> opening credits play. And then we're just about to, I still have like a page full of notes because this episode alone just dumped info on you straight so up. I think the best part of this episode and maybe the series is like if you if you aren't aware, the writer of Full Metal Alchemist is a woman, and the female gaze is so incredibly strong in every part of this anime, but particularly this next scene. All of the things of discomfort are such subtle things that if you were a man, you wouldn't necessarily see that as something that is uncomfortable and creepy. But as a woman, we've all been through this. We've all had that person just come a little too close 
rub your shoulder, rub touch your, your back. hands when they should not be touching your hands. All the subtleties that make and you the way so that, uncomfortable. That was portrayed, yeah. Absolutely it's great because you immediately feel like you're in danger so, and if ugh. if you don't if you haven't been taught not even taught like if you haven't been in that situation to learn how to click your brain over to have that strength to be like no uh you do shut down because you are you feel intimidated and you see that they're using this power over you so i a hundred percent agree you can definitely tell this is a woman's gaze of like the subtleties of someone trying to overpower you without like Yes, they're doing it physically, but not, like, overpowering you, like, restraining you, but, like, showing that they have power over you. It's not. Yeah. Ugh, it's so well done. But also, it gave Ugh, me the heebie-jeebies so like, when watching literally it. literally goosebumps all up my arms just thinking about it. Oh, Ugh, it's so it. good. Okay. I hate it. But then this is also why we stan General Lady Armstrong, because she handles it like a she's amazing boss and this is how she's we amazing sh we should handle all creeps all right uh don't quote me on that uh, honestly <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> quote me on that seriously uh, oh gosh okay so um now we're after the credits even though we're halfway through the episode there's a team underground in the tunnel and briggs uh and all of a sudden they get like contact cut off all the radio doesn't work anymore and the horses are sensing something in the tunnel and it's just all of a sudden this darkness comes in and i was i was trying to describe it and i was like darkness with eyes and teeth and sharp stabby thingies so almost like how lust could do it like this darkness shoots like these needle things and stabs the guys but it's got eyes and teeth that look like the portal do you, do you think this is pride I do think this is Pride, because of a comment later in the episode when, okay. when they're like, what, Pride should have told you what to do, and so I'm like, is Pride coming in to follow up on Sloth? Mm. So we'll get to that in a sec, but yeah, it's gotta I do. Be. Uh, so, <laughs> I said, LOL, even Kimberly thinks Elle is the full metal alchemist, because they, they said, ah, oh, full metal, I see where you got your name. <gasps> and even Buccaneer, like, points like, no, it's this one. What? Bridget, what? what? Do you think if Hohenheim is a homunculus of father, and they're all like bits and pieces of father, that Hohenheim is father's love? No. Maybe. <laughs> but what if he is? I mean, what if he's love? <laughs> I think he would have shown that better. No, I just hurt myself. Lord, no. Lord, don't journey. No. Don't journey down that road. Don't do it. No. <laughs> Don't do it. Reel back. Turn around. Turn around. You turn. You turn that. You turn that thought. Come come back. Alright, we're going back. We're going back. So, Smith's horse returns and comes back with what we assume is just his arm. And I was like, wow, this is a very Attack on Titan moment right here. <laughs> He's like, here's the horse and a sliver of a body. Oh, okay. Um, What's with this show in arms, man? <laughs> first Lonfon, now Smith. They well, first Ed, Ed. then Lonfon, now Smith. Come on, man. They really these disembodied. They really arms don't like arms. Uh, <laughs> I was doing well. You are doing really well. That's my bad. <laughs> I like the dead silence of both of us. Like, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we're we're very against. <laughs> the show is very against arms. Um, they're kind of up in arms. 
Yeah. All right. So sorry. <laughs> uh, that was awful. Uh, I hate you. So sorry. Ugh. So Raven tells Lady Armstrong to put the homunculi back in the tunnel and seal it without searching for their party that disappeared. Uh, which makes me laugh because that just means Sloth came up too soon is just really dumb and he's supposed to just make a circle and go back, but he, he went up because he's dumb. He's, um, he's Winnie the Pooh. He's a big idiot. <laughs> I love that he says, oh, bother for you. <laughs> I wish he kind of said that Seriously, for mine. He says, oh, bother. What a bother. Yeah, he's like, this is such a... It was, he keeps, it was upsetting. He keeps saying, this is such a pain in ours. Um... So <laughs> Raven oh, no. thinks the boys, because the boys go and hide back in the jail cell so that they don't think anything and that Lady Armstrong maybe doesn't know anything about the homunculi and Raven buys it. So Raven thinks that the boys hasn't told anything to her and will lay, let them go. Um, and they say, oh, they talk about how the North, uh, like Lady Armstrong, like is suddenly giving in. And even Kimberly's like, oh, the one that has, that holds the power. Um, and you see that the Briggs team is not wanting to like agree and go with what Raven's making them do. But Armstrong is just straight up like, you need to shut up and you need to listen. You need to shut up and you need to listen. Cause she's got this whole ulterior plan, but they just need to shut up and listen to her and let her play out the plan. And basically she's like, do you trust me? Cause I need you to trust me. When have I ever let you down? I need you to trust me. Um, and so, and they all do. Yeah. They all trust. Yeah. And so Raven yells at Sloth. Pride explained it to you, didn't he? When Sloth's, like, confused and having to go back in the tunnel. And so I, that's when I was like, who is Pride? And maybe Pride is that thing we saw in the tunnel because it looks like a portal, kind of like what Gluttony had pop out of his tum-tum. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I I think maybe... Tum-tum? Tum-tum. He's, he's my Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, Envy said Gluttony was the failed portal that father tried to create maybe pride is not a failed portal maybe he is the successful version whatever pride may be um so marco can't so we pan back over to marco and Meiching. it's always i always forget there uh marco can't read the last of the notes because it's written in ishvalan um but scar was an ishvalan monk so he can probably read it, which I'm like, whoa, what a 180 turn of life. He was an Ishvalan monk. And now he's like a serial killer in the city. And um, that just shows how much trauma and pain he, that poor guy is dealing with. But um, in the name of God. Yeah. In the name of God and family. <laughs> but it, sorry. It's, I've been watching you, so I will forever be making excuses for murderers, apparently. You know, I understand that. I watched, I watched season three. <laughs> I get that. Uh, so, um, the brick soldiers found them. Found where Mei Chang and them were. So Scars, like, didn't kill them, but he knocked them out and stole their winter gear. Uh, and so Scars relocating. They're going to go hide somewhere else because they were trying to find Mei Chang and the weird-looking cat, a.k.a. Xiao Mei, the panda, uh, so they can try and learn more about Aka history. But Scars, like, nah, dog. Um, they don't really know why they're looking for them. Um, so uh, Raven says, you know, well, Armstrong says, like, what's going to happen to everybody else? Are they going to be sacrifices or some people going to get to live? And so Raven said, because he thinks Armstrong's on his side about the homunculi and being corrupt now with them. Raven says, the weak will become the foundation of the country and the strong will be the ones on top. It's survival of the fittest. And 
I just keep going, ew, this is when I wrote what we talked about, ew, Raven keeps rubbing Armstrong, uh, and like rubs her shoulder it's while gross. saying that, you know, he's just being a gross horn dog, and I really hate it, he rubs her hand, he rubs her shoulder, and every time he talks to her, he like touches her, and it's not like touching, like, ah, ha, ha, I'm laughing at something, it's like the purposeful power touch where you rub on someone, it's, if you're a girl, you understand exactly what I'm saying, I hate it. and it, it is the most unnerving and gross thing. Like, I do not want to be touched by you. And so this is where my queen, my queen of the north, he does that. And he rubs on her arm. And she just turns and stabs his arm with her sword. Like, straight up through the forearm. And he's like, oh, what? She's so cool. Completely caught off guard. And uh, she's like, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. And Armstrong, I, wrote, I was like, frantically typing notes while half sleep last night and I wrote Armstrong dang near cuts him in half and buries him in the cement. <laughs> so she does. She dang near cuts him in half. Like she slices his arm, then slices him, throws him in that cement, and then to get the last like cherry on top, she says, You will literally become the weak that makes up this foundation. And tells them that she wants that seam smooth as butter on top so that nobody knows that dead body's in there. So he's still alive, but he's about to just get buried in semen. He's got to die, obviously. He's cut in half pretty much. So cool. But I was I just wrote, yes, It's the coolest thing that's happened yeah. in this show so far. Like, in a show of awesome things, this, this is, is the, the coolest thing. Yeah, I just wrote. <laughs> so that should say something. I wrote in all caps, yes, <laughs> queen. Um, so you can tell she doesn't want that immortality. She truly loves her people and she loves the people of Amestria mm -hmm. and she's, she's a mistress and she's just the best. I love her so much. Um, she also, she says something to Raven before she kills him, like before she stabs yeah. him that I love. And she, it's like, it's like, oh, I see why you would be afraid to die. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're a pathetic weak he human. Offers, That's why you would be afraid. Yeah, and he's like, I offered you a seat. And she's like, why do I need a seat when I can just take yours? Because she just, like, straight up kills him. And I was like, yes, yes, So yes. cool. I love her. So cool. Um, so we pan back over, and the, basically the general tells Miles the operation is complete. No need to buy more time because they're keeping Kimberly away from Raven so that they could do this whole plan. Uh, and Kimberly reveals that he was told that if something happens to Raven, Kimberly can act in whatever way he sees fit. Uh, and he was told that from the Fuhrer himself. So you can tell that Bradley was already suspicious that things were going to go sideways because he's smart, unfortunately. Um, and that's really not good for Miles and the others because basically you can tell that Kimberly knows something has gone sideways because they're like, we can't find Raven anywhere. Do you know where he might be? Uh, and basically Kimberly's kind of threatening Miles in this moment. And I'm like, no, no, not Miles. <laughs> but we know Kimberly <laughs> has a horrible track record right now. So um, Ed saw the trap coming and all that with the cement and stuff. So he made a secret passage into the tunnel so they could search for the fallen soldiers because Ed's a good boy like that and always has, like, a card up his sleeve. Uh, and then Ed and Al are still stuck in the jail cell because Raven was supposed to let them out. Uh, but, you know, that he's kind of in cement now. But then Kimberly comes in to talk to Ed, and I'm like, <sighs> but Kimberly's like, hey, I brought a visitor for you. And it's stinking Winry, which I would normally be happy about, but they didn't call for Winry. And Winry says mm -mm. that the military asked her to come. Actually, the Fuhrer probably did. And it's because they are just, like, 
threatening the boys again, like, hey, you're messing with our stuff. Remember what I said was going to happen to Winry if you keep messing with our stuff? And Winry doesn't realize her life's in danger. And Kimberly knows, like, I could just touch her and kill her right now. And uh, I just wrote in all caps, they just need to make sure Winry doesn't leave their sight at all times and they have her right next to them. Like, they should not have just left her in uh, Risenbull, or not in Risenbull, in, um, what's the city called? Rush Valley. Rush Valley. Because, like, they weren't there to protect her, and <laughs> I can't let something happen to Winry. Um, and so that that's where the episode ends, and then we get some after credit scenes. Uh, Mustang learns that Kimberly, uh, it's a really good after credit scene, too, because uh, it's a bunch of spy stuff, and I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, Mustang learns that, so that Kimberly is recovered by alchemy from Raven and is in the north. And then, uh, you know, like he's getting that message from the lady in his car and then she leaves. And then there's this flower lady next to him and he's like, you should get us some flowers. And he's like, nah, I think we're, we're better apart. But then you realize the flower lady's a spy also. There was a message from General Armstrong up in the north and uh, says that, you know, uh, well, we never learn what the message is. He just, she just says, I have a message from you from General mm -hmm. Armstrong. And so he goes, all right, then I'll buy every flower in your cart. And I was like, look, what a gentleman still. He's like, all right, thank you for that info. Yeah, I will support so your entire business. Um, and then we get this like weird chain analogy to break free and learn the true identity, which I kind of am loving these voiceovers because they're like a little hint to what next week's episode will be. But uh, at the same time, it does not give me any info, so I don't know what the true identity is. But then the next episode is called The First Homunculus, and it shows a picture of Daddy Elric. And Might so be Hohenheim. It's gonna be yeah. Hohenheim and learn the true identity. We're gonna learn that Hohenheim is a homunculus created by Father, and I'm calling it now. And that's it. <laughs> you got fun. Right. You got fun facts. I accept it. I I. Uh, no, we're up to chapter 69. And that's it. Nice. So, have at it, you pervs. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's all, that's all I got for this one. And oh, Lauren, so I want you, can I have your shirt? We'll watch next week, Bridget. Can I have your shirt, though, first? I just saw your shirt. Yes. Actually, it's far too big for me. I love my friends. I love that they see nerdy things and get them for me, but they always buy them in larges and extra larges. And I am comfortable in a small... I am a small person. Guess what? I wear a I'm large. Sorry. It's like, I a lot of the shirts it. I have to like tuck and roll and fucking move around and do all this stuff. You didn't even realize you said. And it. I love these shirts, but I literally did I say a bad word? My bad. <laughs> it's you my frustration of all my cute shirts <laughs> that I can't wear. <laughs> so. You straight up just dropped the f bomb. <laughs> uh, but yes, I. Oops. Well. <laughs> You know, you I'm working on it, guys. I'm an imperfect person. Yeah, uh, we all are. Uh, Aren't we all? I'm getting much better than I was. I even, in my my own life, I've been saying, darn it, a lot. Darn it. So, okay. Are. so I'm, I'm getting there. This was our banter, so I could pull up Funimation real quick and see what we had coming. Uh, so, we're watching episodes oh, nice. 37, 38, 39, and 40. So, it is called 37 is the first... Yeah, I know. 37 is the first homunculus. Uh, 38 is conflict at Boss School. Boss School. 
Uh, 39 is Daydream. Also, these little icons for it, uh, like Daydream is just like a picture of like Scar. It's raining and he's a shadow, but his eyes are glowing. And I'm like, huh. And then uh, episode 40 is in parentheses homunculus. And then in parentheses, uh, the dwarf in the flask. So I don't know. I'm, that, okay. Yeah, that would. It seems like we're about to just jump into some really <laughs> thick plot lines. Uh, and and I'm gonna stop trying to look at all these little thumbnails because I'm super intrigued. Um. So yeah, that's what we're watching next week. Okay. That's what we got. All right. I I think I think that's good. Let's leave it there. All right. Be excited. We're excited. <sighs> Hohenheim's a homunculus, and that's all I gotta say about that. And I'm really afraid- And they're also the mages that brought alchemy and alchemy history to the world. I half agree with that. And he's also- he's also father's love. He's father's love. And that's why he has feelings and emotions. Or he says humanity. I agree with that more than love. That's- more plausible. Or his yeah. emotions, yeah, he was but, like... you know, whatever. He's like, the emotions hinder me, I'm gonna get rid of them, and now, that's all father is, is emotion. Uh, okay, well, we're gonna see you next week. Alright, feel pain with us. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try and get past chapter four of the manga, maybe this week will be better and I can do that, and get to 69. <laughs> nice. It won't, but that's very... Good of you to think that. Thanks. <laughs> Shut up. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right well, uh, we're going away now. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. We love anime and we love you. All right. Goodbye. Yeah.